0: I'd like to take a moment before we get started to just ask a little favor if you have been enjoying prologue so far it would mean the world to me if you could give me a five-star review on spotify or write me a nice review on apple and give me a five-star review there too it really helps me out because it tells spotify and apple that people are enjoying the podcast which then gives me more reach and helps more new people find the podcast and it's the number one best way that you can support the podcast outside of streaming it. Obviously, streaming would be the number one way, and sharing it on your socials, sh- like telling your friends about it, sharing it on your story or whatever. Obviously, that is the number one way, and I'm so grateful every day you guys tag me on Instagram and in stories. We were listening to prologs, and it makes me so happy every time. I can't believe anyone wants to hear what I have to say, but it makes me so happy. Um, but if you want to support the podcast even further giving me a good review would help so much so i just wanted to add that little blurb in there thank you so much if you choose to do that hello guys welcome back to prologues i'm your host mary and this is my 25th birthday episode if you're listening to this the day that it comes out july 24th It's my 25th birthday and I've looked forward to this birthday for a really long time. I think I've probably said in almost every single episode up until this point how much I'm looking forward to being 25 and what a good age it feels. I just have a really good vibe. I have a good feeling about turning 25 in my 25th year and for some reason in my head it really marks a turning point for me. So this is gonna be 25 thoughts for my 25th birthday. But before we get into that, I did just wanna chat and say hello. So I'm recording from a hotel in Denver right now. I'm in Denver for the weekend. It's my first time here, and this is a bucket list city for me. And I regret not planning a longer trip. I'm only here for three days. And when we got here, I quickly realized that there was no way we were gonna be able to do everything that I wanted to do. In fact, we're not even really scratching the surface but so far I've really been liking it. It gives me almost Seattle vibes and I don't know if that's just because Colorado and Washington state have more similar landscapes to each other than they have to me in Virginia. I'm not sure, or maybe it's just the fact that like, it's a very weed friendly city, which is my vibe or the mountains in the distance. I don't know what it is, but I'm getting Seattle energy and I really like it. I was actually saying to Matt, 20 minutes ago, that no matter where I live in the world and no matter where my life takes me, I think I would always be happy to vacation or visit in Washington State because that's how much I like Seattle. So I already know that I want to come back to Denver at some point just to be able to do more outdoorsy things. We've stayed in the downtown area so far, and it's been fun. I mean, we've gone to coffee shops, bookstores, just walked around, looked at some parks, um, monuments, things like that. But what I really want to do is outdoorsy things, which we're doing tomorrow. We want to go to Red Rock tomorrow, but there's so many other outdoorsy places that are at least like 30 or 40 miles from the city. And we didn't get a rental car this time because we were thinking we're only three days. We're going to be in downtown where things are really walkable. We won't need a car. And then we quickly realized, oh wait, we really should have gotten a car. I also think I'd like Boulder, Colorado just from comparing the two and looking up things to do in Boulder. So maybe if I do come back to Colorado, maybe I would need to stay in Boulder instead. I'm not sure. Either way, I've really been enjoying Colorado and I'm glad that we're here. I'm here with a hotel that just did a renovation. And so I'm here to create both personal and UGC content for them. And so that's why we didn't do a ton of planning on our personal itinerary before we came, just because I wanted to have enough time to get everything done for the hotel. But we do have tomorrow, like we chose to stay an extra day so that we could do a little bit more, and we do have tomorrow, and so that's why we're thinking we're gonna get a rental car for the day, we're gonna get out of the city, I wanna see some mountains, some trees, I just, I'm so excited, I really wanna see it all. It is also officially a week, less than a week, until Europe. Well, by the time you hear this, it's less than a week until you're up. We're leaving on Sunday. I am starting to get nervous. I don't know what it is. I'm starting to feel scared about my mental health while we're traveling because I know from experience that when I get really out of my routine for a while, it, I just struggle with it. Change is really hard for me. And it, I don't know what about it triggers something in my little brain, but it does. And so I've started feeling anxious about maybe having the mental crash or something while I'm over there. So I've requested medication refills on everything. I'm gonna make sure I have my therapy appointments while I'm there. And ultimately, like even though I might be a little bit anxious about the change, I am just so excited. I'm meeting Matt's grandparents and his entire friend group from college and high school. Some of the friends I did meet because they were able to come over for the wedding but not everyone was able to come. And so I'm meeting everybody else. So it's gonna be a lot of people. And obviously these are people that are all hugely important to Matt. So I really wanna make a good first impression. I really want them to like me. And so maybe I'm a little bit nervous about that too. But I think it's gonna be, I mean, I think it's gonna be fine. Like it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. I'm gonna be fine. Everything's going to be fine and it's going to be so much fun. I'm like 99.999% sure. And I do just feel very blessed to have the opportunity to even go. I mean, if you would have told younger Mary growing up in Gloucester, Virginia, that at one point in her life she would have the opportunity to travel out of the country, period, I would have been so excited and so blown away it's like the number one thing I wanted to do when I was younger one I just wanted to get out of Gloucester to begin with but two, like I just dreamed of traveling so much I wanted to travel so badly and I don't know if I've ever mentioned this but when I was graduating undergrad I was looking at grad programs in Wales actually I had found this program in Wales for English that I really loved and I was Actively working on going like I was going to online informational sessions I like requested an application and everything and I ended up not doing that because I got my job with the government and I'm not sad that I didn't go because obviously around that time frame is when I met Matt which changed my life forever and for the better but that's just to demonstrate like how serious I've always been about just wanting to get over there I just want to get over there and so I yeah I just can't even really wrap my head around the fact that I'm gonna be traveling to my husband's country. I mean, I've never even seen him in his home country. I'm gonna see him in his home city of Aberdeen. We're gonna be together with all of his family, the rest of his friends, people who have known him for his entire life. And I'm so excited. I feel like when you see someone in their home environment, you just learn another layer about who they are as a person. Like last year, I went to visit my best friend Sasha's hometown. We went to Knoxville, Tennessee together. We went on Memorial Day weekend and we just did Knoxville, Tennessee things. We saw Paul McCartney, who performed at the University of Tennessee Stadium. I forget what it's called, but right there. And we went to Dollywood and I stayed at my best friend's house and hung out with her mom and talked to her grandma. And that's like my best friend. Like we've been best, best friends for seven years from like the day that we met. And I feel like I still learned more about her just seeing her in that home environment and it was really nice and it was kind of touching and I'm gonna have that experience all over again with Matt and he's obviously my husband so I think it's just gonna be even deeper and even more meaningful and it's also fulfilling this lifelong dream that I've had that I always maybe in the back of my head I wondered if it was far-fetched or unrealistic because where I come from people don't travel that much like Gloucester is the kind of town or at least it was when I was growing up there where people don't really leave or if they do leave Gloucester they go to Newport News or Williamsburg or Richmond or West Point all which are within an hour like an hour radius of Gloucester so it's just not some place that people really go far from and I didn't know how I was gonna do this. I had absolutely no idea how I was gonna get out, but I just wanted to get out. And so that's what this trip really means to me, like these two things, that's what it means to me. And I'm starting to get anxious a little bit, yes. I just like really wanna make sure I'm not gonna have a mental health crash, but also just so excited. It feels like something that I was meant to do. I don't know if that sounds crazy. It feels like something I was meant to do. Like when I was younger, (laughs) I don't know how old I was, I think I was 16, maybe 15. I had this deep desire. I just, in my heart of hearts, I wanted to move to Ireland and I wanted to own and operate a bed and breakfast in the middle of nowhere, like middle of nowhere and have a vegetable garden and have chickens and just host weary travelers. Very, like, do you know the movie, what is it called, Leap Year with Amy Adams? you know, the bed and breakfast that, are not bed and I don't know what they stay in. Is it a B&B? Amy Adams and the main guy, they stay in this B&B in Ireland as they're traveling, like they have this whole travel debacle. And that's what I wanted to do. That is what I wanted to do so badly that one year for Christmas, my parents gave me a guidebook to Ireland, like a travel guide, and then this stack of CDs of Irish folk songs. Now, granted... Looking back, I can say I was a few hundred miles off. (laughs) Few hundred miles in the wrong location geographically. Although, who knows? Maybe we'll go, I don't know. But Scotland, to me, also does represent the same thing that I felt when thinking about that future as a kid. I have this feeling, I don't know. I'll have to update you guys. But I have this sneaking feeling that when I get there, I'm going to feel like I was meant to be there. I'm going to feel like it was just... Right, it's the feeling I had on my first date with Matt, just this feeling of realizing this is where I'm supposed to be. And I just have a premonition, I'm gonna have that feeling again. It would be pretty inconvenient if I didn't have that feeling since we are like literally actively planning our move there. But I think because I had that feeling with Matt, some part of my soul, I know this is getting a little bit woo woo, but I believe in this bully. I think some part of my soul connected with Matt on so many different levels, but also on this level of he loves the place where he's from. And I just think I'm meant to be there as well. I thought it was Ireland, maybe it still is Ireland. I don't know. I just feel like I'm meant to go. But we are gonna find out and I'm gonna have to keep you guys updated. Okay, I'm sitting in this hotel room. Matt is in the bed reading a book, (laughs) behaving, being very quiet. I'm sitting here drinking the most incredible mocktail, you guys. I need to recreate this. It's orange, lime, coconut, ginger beer, and cinnamon. It's the best thing I've ever tasted. It's incredible. I took a picture of the menu because I need to recreate this at home. And, oh, my God, what if I put a ginger lime poppy in it? instead of ginger beer. I don't know if it would be enough ginger, but I think I might try that. Maybe ginger poppy as an addition, I don't know. Either way, sitting here sipping the most incredible mocktail and let's do some culture club. I'm gonna try to go through these quickly because I have a feeling that the 25 thoughts for 25 is gonna take a while, but I don't have any book reviews for you this time, but I am in the middle of reading The Catch by Allison Fairbrother maybe a quarter of the way through. It's about this young woman. First of all, it's set in the DC and DMV area, which I didn't know before reading it. So that was kind of fun. I love a novel where I know the landmarks and the streets and the locations they're talking about in the book. So it's about this 24-year-old woman whose father passes away and she realizes after his death that he was keeping some secrets and she goes on this journey to figure those secrets out it's very emotional. It's a dead dad book. And I mean, that's a very heavy theme in this novel. If you have lost your father, or if you have a close friend who's lost their father, um, I do have a close friend who lost their father. When I'm reading this book, I recognize some of the moments in the writing as conversations that I've had with my friend, things that my friend has gone through. And obviously, those are emotions I'm feeling secondhand, because it's not my parent, and I don't want to claim grief as my own when it's not my own, but it is hard to watch people that you really love go through something hard, like a loss, and while reading this book, a lot of those feelings came up, so I would just, I don't know, be aware of that, but I really like it otherwise. It's It's a book that cares a lot about lyricism, I think, and I really like the writing style. I haven't finished it, like I said, quarter of the way through, so I will have to update you guys, but that's what I'm reading currently. And then in terms of other favorites, I have been loving the Caloray Free Dreaming Skin Wellness Diffusing Tint. It's a clean foundation, but it is just, it's very sheer. It's very buildable, definitely a skin tint instead of a foundation. Like I can totally see my freckles through it. I mostly just use it to even out my skin tone before concealer. I really like it. It's lightweight. It doesn't look, it looks like skin. It's hydrating. It's also really small, like the packaging is small, so it's nice for travel. Let me think, what is it? It's an ounce, but you don't need a lot either. I don't know how long it's gonna last. It is a small bottle. But I think a skin tint is really nice for summer because nobody wants to be wearing like a thick face of base makeup in the summer when it's humid and you're sweating your ass off. So I've been liking that. And then another favorite of mine right now is my Daily Planner and my Travel journal, which are both from Papier. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's P-A-P-I-E-R, and I believe it's a German word. Papier, Papier. They make these really cool journals, planners, calendars, just that type of thing. They have really cool covers. Mine is personalized, so it says Daily Planner, like Mary Skinner on the front, and I really like it. I like the layout. I love the travel journals layout. It has all of these sections for budgeting and packing lists and itineraries. Um, documenting your flights and your your travel everywhere like your transportation it's been really helpful for me when planning uh, all my trips and so loving those two things and then I also have a food favorite which is smart sweets and it's a little like gimmicky in the branding I think but they're just delicious so I'm fine with it they are plant-based less sugary sweets they're sweetened with monk fruit so there's way less sugar in them and it's like candy And there's no artificial sweeteners. And so I really like the sour melon bites. It's like a sour watermelon chewy candy, but they also have a bunch of others. And their tagline is like kick sugar, keep candy. I don't know. I think they're delicious. I love gummy candies. I love sour stuff. And so the fact that it is like a tiny bit marginally better for you, I really am enjoying them. I like this one. And I also like the peach rings flavor. Those are my two favorites. I think the last thing for Culture Club is going to be the Call Her Daddy episode with Zayn from... I shouldn't say Zayn from One Direction, should I? Zayn, former member of One Direction on Call Her Daddy. It was a really good episode, I think. He doesn't talk much. He doesn't do much in the media. He's not really a person that shares a lot about his life, which I respect. And he obviously was the first person to leave One Direction, and there's always been rumors about his relationship with the bandmates and everything. He doesn't get... Extremely vulnerable. He's not like spilling massive tea on the episode But I really liked it as obviously a former One Direction fangirl I mean, I should probably say current One Direction fangirl because do you ever grow out of that? Either way, I thought it was a good episode It was just nice to hear him talk and he does share some stories and open up a little bit Which is just something I feel like I've never seen him do before And I do think Alex Cooper is a really good interviewer I don't listen to Call Her Daddy every week or anything, but I will listen when there's a guest that I really want to hear, and I think she's a good interviewer. She seems to be very natural and like really makes people feel comfortable and at home. I like her questions. I just enjoy her guest interview episodes a lot, and that was a good one. you guys it's my 25th birthday kind of I actually don't know if I've shared this before probably have but I was born at home and I'm the fifth out of six kids in my family I was born completely at home and my parents actually forgot the day that I was born on like when you're born at home you have to take your newborn to a doctor and they verify that it's a newborn and then you file for a birth certificate And so when my parents took me to the doctor and to file for the birth certificate, they were like, okay, what's the date of birth? And my parents were not 100% sure. My mom was in labor with me for 50 hours. (laughs) Obviously, I have four older siblings who needed to be taken care of during this time. There was a lot going on. And so my parents were like, "Mm, uh, okay. And they picked July 24th. They do say now that they are like pretty sure it was July 24th. But I just think it's funny that we may never actually truly know. All of the options for the birth date, like all of the dates that they knew it had to be between for my birthday are all within the Leo section of the zodiac. So I know without a shadow of a doubt that I am a Leo. And I am reasonably sure that I am a Leo moon, but I will never know my rising sign because I'll never know my birth time and like I'll never 100% know the date of my birth. So I'll never know my rising sign. Isn't that crazy? My rising sign, according to the time and date on my birth certificate, is Taurus. But I've never really identified with a Taurus rising at all. It doesn't really resonate for me, so I just don't really believe that. And I'm annoyed that I'll never know for sure. Either way, 25th birthday, finally, finally, you guys. So I've prepared a list of 25 thoughts, 25 reflections. They may not all be applicable or relevant or relatable to you, but they are really applicable and relevant and relatable to me. And so I just wanted to share them because I feel like these are thoughts or lessons that I didn't really learn until this last year of my life. And when I was writing this list, most of them came very quickly and very easily to me. Like these are things that I kind of swear by. I did get a little stumped at the very, very end. So I consulted my best friends and my friends weighed in on a couple of them. And I'll let you know which ones those are. But I just want to get started because we have 25 thoughts to get through. So buckle up, let's do it. My throat feels so dry right now because I'm in Colorado and there's like no humidity. So I hope I can get through this without coughing and dying. Number one, eat more salt. I know this sounds weird. I would have thought it was weird too, six months ago. But I feel like I was raised in a home. My parents had very specific dietary restrictions and rules. And I feel like I was raised to almost be afraid of sodium. Like my mom doesn't add salt to anything. She doesn't like cook with olive oil. She doesn't add salt to anything. And we were always kind of discouraged from putting any extra salt on anything. It's just not something that I ate a lot growing up, and I think I internalized this idea that, like, I shouldn't eat salt. Obviously, excess sodium is not good for you, especially if it comes from processed foods. I mean, Matt literally went to the doctor a few months ago because he has high blood pressure, and they were like, you really need to cut back sodium from processed foods. And then he did, and his blood pressure is, like, fine now. But I think I didn't have enough sodium and i discovered this when i started drinking more electrolytes after i started working out more especially this summer because it's been quite hot and i would just notice that after drinking electrolytes i would feel so much better so i just started doing a little bit of research on my own and i started learning about all of the ways that natural salt like himalayan salt sea salt stuff like that is good for you and like how much your body actually needs salt So I started drinking more electrolytes. I love the element drink packets. They are pretty salty. Like they're pretty salty. They also have magnesium and potassium in them. And they have a thousand milligrams of sodium. And that number really freaked me out at first. But again, I just kind of like trusted the research, decided to go with it. And after upping my salt intake, not from processed foods, but like my natural salt intake, I feel like a more healthy person, which makes me feel like I was in a deficit before, like I wasn't getting enough before. I feel more alert. I'm recovering faster from my workouts. I'm not getting headaches as frequently. And all of that I attribute to supplementing more with salt. So that's number one. Number two, let people come and go as they please in my life. This is something that I've struggled with for a long time because when I make a connection with someone, I want to keep it, obviously. I don't let people in very easily. I'm not in open book i know that might sound strange because i'm so vulnerable on youtube and on here honestly on all of my social media channels i'm very vulnerable with you guys and that is a hundred percent me but i've had this realization that i tend to be vulnerable about things after i've processed them or things that i've already worked through or just very specific areas of my life like i'm very vulnerable uh, vulnerable about my mental health because That's something I've really, for the most part, like really accepted about myself. But when it comes to certain things in my life or when it comes to meeting new people or things I'm currently going through that I haven't processed yet, I'm not an open book. And I also find myself to be kind of distrusting of people I don't know. I'm very quiet around people I don't know. It takes me a long time to warm up to someone. It takes me a long time to really, I don't know, welcome someone to the inner circle of my life. And so, when that happens, I've kind of vetted someone, and that means I've decided I want you around, I want to be around you forever, kind of. Like, I don't really have a ton of casual friends. I have friends that I'm closer to than others, obviously. I have like my best friends, but I'm not the type of person who can just walk up to anyone and make a friend, you know? I'm not that way. And so I have struggled in my life with the idea that people come and go and it's normal and it's natural. Sometimes friendships aren't meant to last forever. Sometimes your relationship with someone, whether that be a family member, romantic, platonic, something, things just ebb and flow. And I've never really been good at accepting that. But I've had to learn that lesson a few times the lesson that sometimes a relationship fades naturally and no one did anything and no one is at fault, but you just don't, like you're just going in separate directions in this journey of life. And I do feel more at peace with that now than I have in the past. Even though it is very hard, I really struggle with like not feeling betrayed when that happens. And I think it is because it takes me so long to really warm up to someone fully and completely, and to really let them in. And so if that relationship fades naturally, for me, it will always feel like a really big loss because it took me so long to get there in the first place. So I think it might be something I struggle with forever, but I feel more at peace with it now. And I wanna embody that mentality going forward. Number three, if you wanna go far, you gotta go far. Yes, this is a lyric from a Noah Kant song, which I think is literally called You're Gonna Go Far. I think it's my favorite song of his right now. I, th- I don't know, it may have surpassed the View Between Villages extended edition, obviously. These are both on the, like, the extended edition of the album. I don't know, those are still my top two, but You're Gonna Go Far especially just really hit a chord with me. I saw it performed live like the first day it came out when he played at the Meriwether Post Pavilion and I went the extended edition of the album had literally just released. And so it was the first time that he was playing these songs live to an audience. And I was just kind of sitting there, stunned, shocked, in tears, feeling like I, it was one of those songs where I immediately felt like I, not that I could have written it because I don't have that talent, but like I could have said all of those things because they resonate so deeply with me. The song is just basically about leaving the place where you came from And struggling with it and like struggling with guilt, but wanting to do it anyway and just feeling like you'll never be happy unless you get out, but you'll also never lose the part of yourself that developed in the place where you're from. And you guys know me, (laughs) you know that that's like everything I think on a daily basis. And so when I heard that song, just instant tears and I really love it. But the repeating refrain at the end is if you want to go far, then you have to go far. And I think that probably means different things to different people. For me, it means if I wanna go far in life, then I have to go far out of my comfort zone and I have to go far geographically, which is something that makes me both excited and scared. Excited for all the reasons I said at the start of the episode, but also scared because I love my family. My grandmothers are aging. My parents are aging. I have five siblings, seven nieces and nephew, in-laws. I have a big family and in some ways, because my family was kind of unorthodox growing up, we had like very unique shared experiences with each other. There are things that my family understands about me that no one else ever will. Even though I know deep within my very soul that my life, like my destiny is taking me away from this place, I'm sad because my parents are getting older because like everyone is getting older. I am gonna miss things. I'm gonna miss big life events in my nieces and nephews lives. I, you know, I really hope I am here for the last bit of my grandparents' lives. I've already lost two, but both my grandfathers and my grandmothers are getting older. I don't wanna not be around for that. I don't wanna miss that. And so I feel like I struggle to find the balance between like knowing deep down what I need to do but also not wanting to go too far like not wanting to be away from the people that I love and so when I get really down about it I remind myself of two things one that my family truly wants me to be happy and they know what this means to me and that's what they care about and like they we can love each other and miss each other and find times to visit each other and like never lose that connection but they also do understand completely like this feeling that I have and two if I want to go far then I have to go far and there's just there's nothing I can do about like that's just the way it is for me and I feel that from the tops of my toes to the top of my head like I gotta go far and I listen to that song a lot when I'm getting really down and that's been a, a thought I've had a lot in this past year and I think about that and I feel proud of myself that I've gone far already and I know that I have a lot further to go. I'm taking too long explaining these. Like I actually need to pick up the pace. Number four, invest in bedding, jeans, and olive oil. If there are three things in life that I believe in spending a little bit of extra money on, it's my bedding, jeans that actually fit and you feel great in. Bedding because you spend so much of your life in your bed and sleep is everything. Good sleep is at the foundation of your mental health, your physical wellness, your moods, honestly everything. Sleep is the foundation of everything. So making your bed your favorite place in the world, I just, I live by that. And then jeans, how many times have you tried on a pair of jeans and absolutely hated yourself and not wanted to even leave the house because like your, your clothes weren't working? Finding the jeans, whether it's a brand, whether it's changing your size, a cut, a style, a wash, whatever, finding jeans that actually work, I think that is one thing that's worth investing in. For me, I have found it's the Abercrombie Curve Love Line size six, those fit me better than any jeans I've ever worn in my entire life. I have multiple pairs from the Curve Love Line in different styles and they all are just perfect. I feel good in them. I look back at pictures of myself wearing the jeans and I feel good, that doesn't happen very often. (laughs) And so I'm just happy about that. And then also olive oil. Olive oil is at the foundation of so many dishes that you cook and you can truly taste a difference between cheap olive oil and nice olive oil. And I'm not saying you have to get like the crazy, crazy kind, but just getting like, not the one gallon size from Costco, but like the good stuff, it makes a difference in the food you eat. And I put olive oil on everything because I love, I mean, I would drink olive oil to be honest. And I just believe that that is worth the money. Number five, strength training over cardio. Cardio doesn't really make me feel good. It doesn't... I I hate it, so I don't want to do it. So I won't go to the gym to do it because I hate it. I don't see any differences in my health or my body or anything when I do a lot of cardio. I don't feel good. It's not fun. But strength training, first of all, it is kind of addicting because you can see your muscles moving in your body. You feel so strong and connected to your muscles. You feel just kind of astounded by what your body can do. You feel so proud of yourself when you hit a new PR. I hit a new PR this morning in the hotel gym. I did 120 pounds on the leg press. It's the most I've ever done in my life. I am like riding that high still because I worked for that. I really worked for that and I just feel so rewarded. And I also enjoy doing it because I hate sweating and I have this heart condition so I actually can't do really high intensity cardio because I can't let my heart rate get that fast. So it keeps my heart rate down it doesn't put my body into a really stressed state and i actually enjoy doing it and even look forward to doing it now which i never thought i'd feel about working out number six therapy is therapy the reason i worded it like this is because so often and i say this too i'll be like shopping is my therapy swimming in the ocean is my therapy being in nature is my therapy it's like a common phrase people say like blank is therapy and I totally get that, totally agree with that, I get it. But the reason I say therapy is therapy is because I just believe nothing can truly replace a good therapy session with a therapist you really connect with. I'm so glad I got back I got back into therapy at the start of this year. It has been, I think, one of the best decisions I've made for myself in a long time. And although being in nature and shopping and like stuff like that, it does make me feel good, nothing has really forced me to confront problems in my life and triggers in my life childhood wounds like nothing has actually helped me work through those things like an actual therapy session so therapy is therapy and if you have access and are able i would recommend therapy for pretty much everyone number seven gut health over everything the older i get the more digestive problems i have and i don't know why I did not have a single problem with dairy when I was younger. I didn't get it very often because I grew up vegan. But when I stopped being vegan, I would eat dairy even just a couple of years ago. And I had no issues ever. And now the older I get, the more problems I have with digesting dairy. And it sucks. And the more problems I have with digesting bread too, which I just like fully refuse to admit, and I absolutely will not go to the doctor and see if I am like have a gluten sensitivity, because I just can't handle hearing that news in my life right now. Like I'm just not in a place emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, where I can hear that I have a gluten problem, so I'm ignoring it. But either way, I have digestive problems now that I did not have when I was younger. So gut health, I know it's a buzzword, and I know a lot of people, especially on TikTok, have kind of misused the term gut health to sort of promote a diet culture or things like that. But I mean it just in the strictest sense of the word. I mean managing your microbiome and getting a lot of probiotics and making sure you have the good bacteria in your gut. I drink a lot of kombucha. I take a probiotic and a prebiotic supplement. I like Greek yogurt, kimchi, just anything that kind of adds the good bacteria back into my gut. I feel so much better. I do have an easier time digesting. It does help me from getting bloated all of those things and that really improves your quality of life and so I'm not saying take away anything from your diet if you don't want to but just personally adding those things into my diet has made a really big difference for me. Number eight, consumption kills creativity. I don't think I came up with this phrase. I don't remember where I've seen it or heard it but I'm sure someone else has said this before but consumption kills creativity and I think anyone in a creative job can probably relate to what I'm saying. If you consume what other people are doing constantly, whether it's watching TikToks for hours or scrolling on Instagram or going on Pinterest or you know, like just consuming, constant consumption, which everyone falls prey to in this day and age when our lives kind of like revolve around our phones, it kills your own creativity because you just compare yourself to other people. You feel like your ideas aren't good enough. I do this to myself all the time. I'll see like, A really great piece of content from someone else and my insecure side will kick in and I'll be like I don't know how to edit like that I don't have the creative eye for that I could never make something that good my content isn't good I don't know why anyone follows me I don't feel like I'm creative I feel like the things I make aren't aesthetic or interesting like and I will get into this comparison cycle and it makes me want to not create but I'm a creative person to my core And sure, I'm not as good at editing as other people online. I mean, you guys obviously follow me, so you know that. (laughs) And I don't have the most aesthetic Instagram feed, and I don't have like the most creative ideas ever. I'm not the best, but I do have things to offer. Clearly, this wouldn't be my job if I didn't have anything to offer. And I tell myself that like, if I just truly, truly sucked at this, no one would want to consume the content I make and to some extent some people do want to consume the content that i make hopefully not consuming too much of it because i don't want to kill anybody else's creativity but i have to remind myself of that and so honestly i feel like i am the most creative and have the best ideas not just for content but things in my life in general whether it's a personal writing project or something around my house or an outfit or anything i feel the most creative when i have not gotten trapped into this consumption cycle on social media there is always gonna be someone who is better at this than I am, but I don't need to constantly remind myself of that. I can keep pushing myself and always wanting to be better and to grow and to ha- you know just do better, but I don't need to compare myself constantly because that's it's gonna be bad for me. Basically, it's gonna be bad for me. So consumption kills creativity. I would really highly recommend to anyone who works in a creative field, if you feel a block, a writer's block, a creative block, I have been there so many times And instead of browsing online for inspiration which i do so i get it i've fallen victim to that get offline go outside go see what people are wearing on the street go see what marketing campaigns you can find on billboards around like the streets where you live do something like that get ideas in a more organic way try to get inspiration from the world around you and not just the world on your phone i swear it helps number nine Access to you is power over you. (sighs) I've had to learn this lesson the hard way. And I think this is why I'm more of a closed off person now. I would love to be an oversharer. Sometimes I am. It's hard not to be. I feel like especially when you have mental health problems, it is hard to not overshare because you feel the need to justify all of the less than rational or normal things that you do (laughs) so that people understand where you're coming from. It is easy to want to over explain to try to justify everything you do because we always have this feeling that if we can just explain it well enough that someone will understand and they'll get us But people will never understand you if they are committed to misunderstanding you. And by sharing too much, giving people unfettered access, you're just giving them power. And that is why I have very strict boundaries in my life over what I share on social media and what I don't. It's one of the reasons why I kept my wedding, for the most part, offline. One of the reasons why I don't post a lot about my relationship. I don't show my family. I just have boundaries. There are things I don't discuss. There are things even with my mental health, like even my very, very, like my darkest, darkest, darkest moments, I just don't bring online because the world doesn't deserve access to them. No one deserves access to them. Access to those things in my life means, I think it means power over certain areas of my life. And I just don't do it. And I also think this plays into, moving in silence I don't want to move in silence when something cool happens to me or I get an opportunity I want to post it everywhere shout it from the rooftops call every person I know like because I get proud of myself I'm proud and I'm excited and I want to share not in like a braggy way but just like I want to share but I've learned I think the evil eye is so real I think evil eye is real and I have learned it's just better to keep things under wraps until they're done to keep things private until they're finished And to just not share everything with everyone all the time. Like no one needs to know every detail of your life all the time. The more people know about you, the more things they have to judge, the more things they have to critique. Not just talking about content creation, like just everything in life, everyone around you. You're never going to be 100% identical to someone else. So no matter what type of relationship you have, no matter who it is, Anyone who knows every single thing about you is going to disagree with something and judge you. And that's just the way that life works. And that's not a bad thing necessarily. Like, people, you're allowed to disagree with people. People are allowed to disagree with you. You don't have to be the same exact person as another person in order to be cool with them. Like, it is fine to have someone not like you, to have someone not understand your decisions or not agree with them. That's okay. But why do it unnecessarily? Why, people give, why give people completely open access to you just because? I don't think there's a good reason to do it. So access is power, and I don't like to give people total access. Number 10, no one doing better than I am is criticizing me. And what I mean by that is not that every single person who has a critical thought about me or every single person criticizing me is beneath me. I do not mean that at all. But what I mean is the people in life who are where I want to get to, they're on a level that I aspire to, they're doing things I want to do, they inspire me, those people never are the ones who are telling you your dreams are far-fetched or too big, you don't have the talent, you're not good enough, you can't make it. Like, No, those are the people who extend a helping hand to you, who say, I did it so you can do it too. And that I think that's true for every area of life. And again, I'm not saying that every person who dislikes me is like is like worse than me or doing worse than me or is not successful or doesn't have a good life or anything like that. But I'm just saying all of the people that I look up to, all of the people who are doing what I want to do, who are where I want to get to in life, are not telling me that I can't. They're not telling me it's impossible. They're not telling me that I'm not good enough. And that's just something that helps keep me going when I have moments of self-doubt because I am pretty prone to those. Number 11, no one is looking out for me like I am. No one, not my, you know, no one, no matter how close I am to them. Not my parents, not my husband, not my best friend. No one, because no one is ever gonna get you like you. No one's ever gonna know you like you. And my parents, best friend and husband support me a thousand percent. Like they're always behind me. I've never doubted that. But I need to be my own number one fan. I need to back myself 100%. I need to believe in myself. I need to advocate for myself. I need to know what I'm capable of and push myself to be better always because no one's looking out for me like I am. Things in life can change in an instant. Sometimes in my life they have. And I'm the person who needs to be able to get me through. I do rely on the people around me for support. I do share with the people close to me. I do ask people for help when I need it. But ultimately, I can't rely on anyone else to fix my problems or make life better. I need to be able to pull myself through. And I think it's easier said than done. And honestly, it's it's sort of a practice makes perfect thing. I know this about myself because I've been in positions in life, times of life that have been really, really fucking hard. And although I have received support that I'm endlessly grateful for from the people that I love, at the end of the day, you are the one who has to sit at rock bottom and think, it's time to get out. And you have to claw your way out. And you have to do that for yourself. No one can save you. No one. Not a partner, not a romantic connection. No one. No one can save you. You have to save yourself. Number 12, no such thing as a completely unique experience. <laughs> no such thing. I can't even tell you the number of times that I've shared something online to y'all, to my audience that I was nervous to share because I didn't know if anybody would get it. I didn't know if anybody would relate to it or understand or if it was gonna be weird or if people were gonna be like, no, Mary, you are the only one. I have to say, there's been so many times where I've shared something like that and not known how people were gonna take it. There has never been a time that someone has not said, like, I understand 100%, I'm going through the same thing, which has led me to believe that there is no such thing as a totally unique experience. I think there is a very wide spectrum of human emotions and an infinite number of combinations of those emotions, but there are also a lot of people in the world and somewhere, someone out there is feeling what you're feeling, going through what you're going through, who gets it. And I just hope that all of us are able to find those people in our lives so that we feel connection and we don't feel alone and isolated. I want my platforms to be a place where people find those connections, no matter what it's about. You're never alone in what you're feeling or going through. There is always someone who has been where you are and who can help. Number 13, everything always, always, always feels better after a long walk. Just I I think it's kind of self-explanatory. Anxiety, stress, spirals, thought spirals, creative blocks, just anything. Everything feels better after a long walk. its I know I just said therapy is my therapy. Going on long walks is like also quote unquote a therapy for me. 14, don't get rid of clothes if they're not your size anymore because you just never know. Ah, oh, I've been burned by this so many times. I'm one of those people where my weight can fluctuate really quickly and really easily. And I made this stupid decision a couple of years ago. I went through this period of three summers in a row where I was a different pant size each summer. And every summer I would try on my clothes from the year before and I'd be like, not my size anymore. And I would donate them because I don't know why I just thought like whatever size I was in that moment was gonna be my size forever. That's just not the way my body works. And I have had to rebuy jean shorts so many times. So many times because of this phenomenon in my life so I just don't do that anymore now I don't know if there's a cap on that at all like I don't want to keep clothes for five years that don't fit me especially if they're too small because that's just going to make me like I don't know it's just I don't need to think about that I need to accept and love my body in all stages but I keep clothes for a little longer now because I just don't know like my weight fluctuates my size fluctuates it just depends I don't like I don't just depends like I don't know I have no idea. I'm, I'm a certain size now. I wasn't this size last summer. I don't know what size I'm gonna be next summer. I have no idea. So I'm not gonna get rid of any of my clothes if they don't fit me because I just don't know. Number 15, gratitude will change your life. It's changed my life. I start most days thinking about things that I'm grateful for. It usually includes things like my relationship, the apartment I live in, my ability to work from home, not even work for myself, although that is one of them, but just like working from home, I I really love. And I felt that even when I was working remotely at my government job, like, I just like being home. I'm a homebody. I give thanks for a sunny day, a good temperature, a delicious meal. I give thanks for plans with my friends or just my friends in general. Just anything, like it can be anything. The smallest thing in the world, as long as it makes you happy, you can show gratitude for that. I show gratitude for like having a good night of sleep or any anything really. And sometimes I write lists and sometimes I just like take a second to sit down and just actively think about them. But if you do that in the morning, it really changes your perspective on the whole day and you almost start looking for things to be grateful for because you come you become mindful of small moments because you realize that the small moments are making you so happy. Like, you don't need to wait around for the big, good things to happen to you in order to be happy and feel grateful. Like, honestly, life is just a collection of very small moments that string together to bring you contentment. And when you start your day thinking about what you're grateful for, you just go about your day looking for things to be happy about. Game changer. And it's a good thing to do before you start manifesting, too, because it kind of raises your vibration. you in a really good headspace and then you feel more ready to like trust the universe for things number 16 this was a phone in from a friend you can't live for the weekend i asked my best friend if she had any thoughts for this episode and that's what she said and i completely agree i have gone through this before a lot where you just don't schedule things in your day-to-day to to look forward to or you feel like you can only have fun on the weekend but again it kind of goes back to the gratitude thing you can build little things into your everyday that make you happy, that don't make you feel like life is a waste until you get off of work in the weekend. And I know that I have a, a very privileged job. I'm aware that I'm in, a, I'm in a career right now that is very privileged because I have freedom over my schedule, I make my own schedule, I work for myself, so I have a lot more control over my job and a lot more benefits that come from my job than I used to when I was working You know all my other jobs. I wish I had done more things to not live for the weekend back then. And like I said, I, I'm aware that I am in a very privileged position now where I have more freedom. But just in general, I believe no no matter like what you're doing, there are ways that you can build tiny moments into your day that make you happy. Number 17, it's okay to be bored <laughs> slash be in silence. It's okay to be bored and be in silence. We do not need to be entertained or distracted every single second of every single day. And this is another problem with social media. And I know this sounds like so counterintuitive because I'm literally a social media content creator telling you to get off your phone. I know that doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't sound right. But if you can trust, like if there's anyone that you should listen to when they say get off your phone, it's like the person who makes a living on their phone. You know what I mean? It's okay to be bored. It's okay to eat a meal without scrolling on TikTok. It's okay to watch a movie without scrolling on TikTok. Like, why do I do that? Why do I sit down in the evening to watch a TV show and then end up going on my phone and getting blasted by two different screens at once? What? Like, I do it all the time. I'll be watching a YouTube video and I'll exit the app because the video will still play in the upper corner of my screen. And then I'll go on other apps like on Pinterest or something while watching a YouTube video because I can't just do one thing at once. I have to actively fight against that every single day. And so that's why I'm saying this needs to be a mantra. It's a mantra for me. I hope it becomes a mantra for you. It's fine to be bored. Sometimes I have my best ideas when I'm bored because like I said, consumption kills creativity. So sometimes when you're sitting in the silence and you are forced to just be with yourself, The thoughts that you're trying to suppress by staying on your phone constantly come to the surface. Like you have to sit with uncomfortable things in order to get through them. You can't suppress things forever. You have to work through things. You gotta go through it in order to get over it. Go through it in order to get over it. Like it's okay to just be still and to be in silence. It's something I'm still working on. I definitely am not perfect at this but it's something I very wholeheartedly believe in. Number 18, this is another phone in from a friend, a different friend this time. Careers don't equal identity. And what she said specifically is, it's okay to change your job and change your mind about your career. I could not agree more. I feel like one, Your life should not be defined by your job because that's how companies take advantage of you because when you want something better and you ask for something better it's easier for them to make you feel bad or manipulate you when you identify really heavily with your job and two it's always okay to change your mind even about your career i feel like now more than ever we are the generation that will just change career or change jobs i feel like we more than previous generations, think it's okay to stay at a job for like two or three years and if it's not serving you, you leave and find another one versus maybe our parents or their parents who stayed at jobs for like 40 years who always did the same thing. I like that as a generation, we're figuring out that although we obviously wanna be fulfilled by our careers, we wanna do good in the world, we wanna be happy, we wanna be fulfilled, but it does not it's not your whole life. You come first. Because a big corporation or a company isn't going to have loyalty to you. So there's no reason for you to have like unshakable, infallible loyalty to a corporation because they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that to you. You know, it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to change your mind at any point, not even just when you're in your 20s and you're figuring things out, even though I feel like that's like the running theme of my 20s is figuring things out. Like, no matter where you are in life or how old you are or how long you've been doing something, it is okay to realize that it's not serving you and you want to find something else. So, it's always okay to change your mind. Number 19, this is coming from the same friend. It's okay when your body changes. It's okay that the body you have at 25 might not look identical to the body that you had at 17. Me and my friend group talk about this a lot because we all feel like as we've gotten further into our 20s, your body shifts again and it's almost like going through puberty again I don't know a single person who has the same body at 25 that they had at 17 no one it means a variety of different things I feel like I've grown into my nose more I feel like when I look back at pictures of me as a teenager I haven't had anything like done to my nose or anything like it's the same nose my totally natural nose but when I look at pictures of myself as a teenager I feel like my nose looks so different on my face whereas now I don't know if it's I don't know if My bone structure has just settled, or maybe I carry weight in my face differently now. I don't know what it is, but my nose looks so much more natural on my face now because I've just kind of settled. It's okay, and it's not something to be upset about because, again, it's not a unique experience, and it happens to everybody. Number 20, working on your relationship with your parents is worth it. Obviously, this does not apply to anyone in an abusive situation or anything like that. But if you struggled with your parents growing up, you had a strained relationship or you fought a lot, I understand, I relate. But one of the things I am very proud of myself for in my 20s is that I have really worked hard at my relationship with my parents. And that hasn't been easy. It's involved a lot of like extremely uncomfortable conversations. Like, It's not fun. Like It, it, it was not fun at all. <laughs> I would not want to go through it again at all, but looking back at it now that I'm on the other side, I'm so glad that I did it. I feel very close to my parents now. I want to talk to them all the time. I tell them everything going on with me. I feel very open with them. And it was not like this, you guys. It was really, 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 really not like this. I think part of it is getting older and just having an identity outside of your parents and like knowing that it's okay if your parents don't agree with every single thing you're doing because you're an adult paying your own bills and living your own life and like you have to make your own decisions but obviously I think a lot of us still subconsciously want that parental approval we want the people who raised us to be proud of us and to support us and so it's not easy to tell your parents things they don't want to hear. It's not easy to challenge them and confront them and to bring up things from childhood that, frankly, they did wrong. It's not easy to do those things. And it sucks. It sucks for them. It sucks for you. No one likes it. But I'm really glad that I've done it. And I'm really, like, looking back, I just, I feel like it was 100% worth it. I would do it again if I had to. I hope I don't have to. But, like, I would do it again. And like I said, I'm not talking to anyone who is in an abusive situation or has extenuating circumstances in their family that this just simply doesn't apply to. I'm more talking to people who just had like teenager growing pains, fights, disagreements, people who have chosen a path in life that their parents don't approve of, whether that's a job, a relationship, something like that. I think it's worth it to confront. I think it's worth it to try to work through those things and if they're not receptive they're not hearing you they just want to shut you down they want to manipulate you then i'm then i'm not talking about that you know i I don't no one should have to stay in that situation like not at all but in other situations i really think it's worth it number 21 saying no feels good staying home feels good not committing to things you don't want to commit to feels good I very, very, very rarely have FOMO. I usually just feel relief that I didn't go to something I didn't want to go to. Uh, It feels good to just say straight off, like straight up, that I'm not going to do a thing rather than commit myself to it and then either do it and feel miserable or have to awkwardly figure out a way to get out of it later. Like that's flaky and it's not cool. It's just so much better to just say no, whether it's like, I don't know, a responsibility. Someone's asking you to assume a party you don't want to go to saying no feels empowering and so good number 21 weed over alcohol just personally in my own life i should probably do a whole episode on my relationship with alcohol it's had some ups and downs i drank a lot a lot a few years ago and in the last year actually this started july 4th weekend last summer so it's been just over a year i decided i just wanted to redefine my relationship with alcohol i didn't want to drink every time i did something social i didn't want to feel like i had to drink in order to have fun i started just getting older i started feeling worse and worse when i drank i'd have anxiety hangovers would last longer Um, it's not good for you like it's genuinely not good for you at all and i just decided to redefine my relationship That's still what I'm doing. Sometimes I drink more than other times. I've never been totally sober. I haven't ever wanted to be totally sober. But I have a much, much, much healthier relationship with alcohol now. Let me know if you want to hear a whole episode on it. I can totally do that. Um, But the reason why I say, like, I'm not totally sober is I prefer weed over alcohol a thousand percent every single time. I would so much rather enjoy nature's gifts and enjoy the legal, legal in DC and Virginia, herbal activities than drink at this point. It's easier on my body. I feel better during and after. There's just way fewer negatives for me, and it's a more enjoyable experience. So at this point in my life, weed over alcohol, 100%. Okay, number 23 get a good travel credit card i cannot believe i didn't do this sooner you guys a good travel credit card has changed my entire life i got the chase sapphire was it reserve chase sapphire reserve earlier this year i cannot believe i didn't do this sooner especially as someone who likes traveling and has done a lot of it in this last like six months part of that obviously being you know matt was working in dallas but i have just done more traveling in the last year in general i'm so mad at myself that i didn't get a travel credit card sooner these things are Awesome, and it's become such a game for me. I'm kind of obsessed with it. Matt will tell you, I'm like genuinely obsessed with figuring out how to maximize my credit in every single situation, so that I'm getting so many points and then using those points in creative ways to get the most benefits and to get the most like cash value. It's like a video game to me. I'm genuinely obsessed. And it really pays off. So when we go to Edinburgh, I paid for our hotel in Edinburgh for four nights completely with credit card points, like totally with Chase Sapphire Reserve points that I built through very strategic planning (laughs) and credit usage. I just can't believe I didn't do it sooner. It's the best thing. I'm so happy with it. I'm currently executing a few more little plans to pay for something else like at the end of the year. It's just the best decision. I'm very careful about my credit usage. I have really gone out of my way to learn as much about credit as I possibly can. So I pay it off in full twice a month. I never go above 30% of my credit limit. I put different items on different credit cards to get maximum value, just things like that. I would say if you're gonna have a credit card of any kind, it's best to be as financially literate as possible and to know as much about credit as possible. But if you are a responsible credit user, A travel credit card is life-changing. I cannot recommend enough. I'm going to put my Chase Sapphire Reserve referral link in the description of this episode because if you are, if you have been looking, I love it. Could not recommend enough. Number 24, prioritize your sleep. This has been a hard one for me, you guys. I have struggled with insomnia since I first developed bipolar symptoms when I was 12 years old. It's been a long road for me, 13 years I have struggled with insomnia off and on. There's been times in my life where it's been really, really bad um, and times where it's been more manageable. But I think I, I definitely waited too long to learn about the science of sleep. I should have made a bigger effort to prioritize my sleep, my sleeping environment, my sleeping habits. Should have done that sooner and earlier on in life. I think I could have saved myself a lot of trouble but it's something I've made a massive priority in my life in the last year. Um, I have a nighttime supplement routine with zinc and magnesium. Like I said, I've invested in really good bedding, a good mattress and good bedding that makes my bed feel like a very comfortable, inviting, soothing, relaxing place. I have an aura ring and a hatch alarm clock, which I think I mentioned in my, like my wellness, or sorry, no, my morning routine. The hatch alarm clock, I was skeptical of at first, but now I'm a full convert and believer. The Aura Ring, I've had for over a week now, and I never wanna go back. The data that I have learned about my own sleeping habits from wearing the sleep tracker, love it. I'm very careful about, I'm like, I'm kind of crazy about it. I monitor the temperature in my bedroom. I only use my bed for sleeping or other bed activities. I don't like work from my bed anymore unless I'm having like a really depressed day. I try not to do work in the bedroom at all. I try not to hang out in the bedroom unless it's bedtime. There's just a lot of things I do now that I see real results for that do improve the quality of my sleep. And there have been a couple of nights in the last two weeks where I've slept the entire night. I can't even describe to you guys how unheard of that has been in my life in the last 13 years. I'm used to waking up like four or five times every single night or not being able to fall asleep for hours or just like something disrupting my sleep and getting horrible sleep. But after making sleep a big priority in my life and making an effort to understand my sleeping habits and to optimize them, I'm getting much better sleep and it is making me a better person, I think. And that brings us to number 25, which isn't going to surprise any of you. You have time. It's the theme of the whole podcast. It's the theme of my life. It is the number one guiding principle in my life. You have so much more time than you think. You have not hit your peak yet. There is so much life left to be lived. You have time to change your mind. You have time to find a new passion. You have time to get out of a bad situation. You have time. I'm 25 years old, I'm so young. I'm a, se- What a, what is it, a six year adult, a seven year old adult. There's so much I'm still learning about the world. I become a different version of myself every six months. Like the growth that I feel like you have at this age is insane and I like it. I don't wanna be the same person that I was a year ago. I want to always be finding ways to become better and to heal and to just grow. And there's so much time to do that. If you have not listened to the first episode of Prologues yet, it's titled You Have Time, and I talk about this concept in depth a lot more there. So check that out if you want to hear more thoughts about that, but you have time, I have time. I tell myself every day. That's my 25 thoughts for my 25th birthday. I had so much fun recording this. It felt very reflective and I'd like to make this a tradition. Maybe next year, like 26 thoughts for 26. I don't know. It feels really good on your birthday to sit and reflect on how far you've come and how far you wanna go. And I love birthdays and New Years specifically and anniversaries for this reason because I feel like it just prompts you to take a moment of stillness and mindfulness and just think about your life and to take stock and to realign and to set order to your mind. I love it. I had so much fun recording this episode and I hope that you guys enjoyed it too. I hope that at least some of these things were relevant to more people than just me. And as always, please let me know what you think. I will say I have every intention on posting weekly podcast episodes while I'm traveling. I'm gonna pre-record some. And then I have set aside a few days ahead of time while I'm traveling to be able to record. That being said, sometimes when you're traveling, things don't go to plan. Sometimes travel plans get delayed or messed up. And I don't want to pre record four episodes just because I feel like they won't be fresh and they won't be, I don't know, I like to be in the moment. Um, so I just want you guys to know, I am really going to try very hard to make sure there's weekly uploads. If I do miss a week, I'm very sorry. And I will make it up to you guys later. I promise. I swear on my life. Pinky Promise either way. Thank you so much for being here. Please don't forget to give me a good review. If you've been enjoying the podcast, I love you guys happy leo season it is the best time of the year except winter when it's nice and cold but other than winter when it's nice and cold leo season best time of the year and i love you guys i'll talk to you next week